0: "'Ernest gave a careful, meticulously detailed account of all the defects he had noticed in the cropping machine "'he and Mr. Arnold had just inspected together at the Maker's with a view to purchase. "'Oh, come, Ernest,' said Mr. Arnold, turning the car into the main Ashworth Road. "'I think you take rather too serious a view, you know. "'Those are all minor points, mere matters of a screw here and there.' "'The bed's that inaccessible.' It'll take half an hour to change the cover every day, and half hours cost money, said Ernest gloomily. But of course that's your affair, Mr. Arnold, not mine. His tone was offended. He felt vexed because he thought his employer spoke too lightly, was not valuing his opinion at its true worth, and if Mr. Arnold thought he knew more about cropping cloth than Ernest did, he could think again, that's all. Mr. Arnold began to describe the machine's good points. Ernest listened, nodding gravely from time to time, but while he listened he pondered. Perhaps he had been rather too earnest about that bed cover. Ernest by name and Ernest by nature. That had always been Millie's joke ever since the day he asked her to marry him. But it had begun earlier than that, his eagerness. Ernest knew just when it had begun. It did not spring from anything in his childhood. True, his father, a large, heavy man, who drove a wagon for an Ashworth textile firm, was rather slow in speech and thought, but he was not bad-tempered or even glum. There was nothing the boy Ernest enjoyed more than a day out with his father. In those days the wagons, they were really long, flat drays— were drawn by horses and required a whole day for a journey from Ashworth to Leeds in back, a distance of some fifteen miles. Ernest's father sat on the side of the dray holding the reins, and Ernest sat beside him, and the big, solid brown horse drew them slowly up and down the hills of the West riding. The pieces of cloth lay on the wagon covered by a tarpaulin, if rain or snow fell heavily, his father, silent but smiling, would lift the edge of the tarpaulin, and Ernest would creep within. His father, however, remained outside, his cap well pulled down, a sack over his shoulders, heroically impervious to the weather. When they set out in the early morning, the roads were full of exciting things to look at. People, horses, trams, railways in the valleys— Ernest's father occasionally explained some of these sights to Ernest, slowly, in a few mumbled words, but understandably, to his son. Then, as they climbed higher, the air grew colder, and the traffic rarer, and Ernest's father would point his whip at distant landmarks and speak their name. The town again, and busy traffic, and a mill with a boiler winking fiery eyes, and a crust to eat while ernest's father helped by one of the millmen carried the pieces in and took on a fresh load and then back slowly over the hills perhaps with dusk falling and lanterns swinging back and front to the lighted streets of ashworth and the mill and home yes ernest loved a day out with his father it was not his father who had made him over ernest nor was it his mother who, though rather sardonic and trenchant in manner, was thoroughly warm-hearted, nor his two younger sisters, of whom he was suitably fond in a mild way. Of course, being the eldest of the family and the only boy, Ernest always had a proper sense of responsibility. He could be trusted to take the two younger children into the park and bring them back dry and in one piece, keeping them from all dangers of pond and steps and mowing machine, but it did not weigh him unduly down. They were a happy family, and he took it in his stride. Trouble befell the Armley family early in Ernest's life, when horse-drawn wagons were superseded by motor lorries, and his father, unable to learn this new technique, from being the all-powerful driver became merely the driver's mate.